How to be interesting. 27 tips for becoming a remarkable person. Hey, this is Jonathan Roseland with Limitless Mindset. And this podcast is a uh, deep dive, MP3 encoded version of an article that I did. This is maybe a little bit of a diversification from the biohacking stuff that I'm usually talking about here. This is an old school article that I did a while back. I updated it recently because as I'm growing older, I'm becoming persnickety about grammar and realizing to my embarrassment that my grammar, my writing in my younger, more reckless years It just doesn't quite measure up to what I want to be broadcasting and putting out there on the internet. So I went through, improved, perfected, I dare say, the grammar here and updated the article in a couple of other ways. So hopefully you uh, appreciate my commitment to putting out quality stuff. Do you want instant satisfaction in your endeavor to be a fascinating individual? Well, listen on. This podcast will try to focus on fake it till you make it type of aesthetic things you can do with a minimum investment to make you a better conversationalist and the sort of person people cannot resist, be irresistible. Being Remarkable is a tremendous asset. Whether you want to impress a date, get a promotion at work, gain new friends instantly and effortlessly, or develop greater self-confidence, it may seem like interesting individuals are born, not made. But this is not the case. Anyone willing to put forth the effort can become captivating. And a note in this podcast, I will refer to the nebulous perceived quality of being interesting as a person's interest quotient. That's a two-word phrase I came up with. I think it's pretty good. Okay, first of all, first tip of the 27 tips is conversation topics to avoid. Extraordinary individuals avoid the average and mediocre subjects that most people drone on and on about. So try to avoid spending too much time on these topics. Work. Like most people on this planet, you probably have a job. (laughs) You have a labor that occupies most of your time and mental energy. So if you can not spend, unless you do something terribly interesting, and I sure hope that you do, if you can keep your conversation on this topic brief, or if you can maybe kind of uh, play the thing where you avoid talking about what your work, where you say, I do uh, I do something, I travel a lot, but uh, it's not very interesting. Let's talk about something else. Then people's curiosity is peaked. Okay, your debt. 
you're probably in debt. Sucks, doesn't it? Unless there's something I can do to help. Can we please avoid this topic? Your weight. If you're overweight, that's too bad. Maybe you should try fasting. You probably should have eaten better or been more disciplined about staying active. Again, unless there's something I can do to help, can we please avoid this topic? Your kids. If you have kids. You love your kids, so of course you like to talk about them, but unless we are discussing parenting specifically, it's a pretty bland subject, especially to younger single people. And I wrote this article when I was a younger single person myself, and people talking about their kids is just uh, endlessly disinteresting to me. Your cell phone. I bet you have a cool cell phone. I bet it can surf the internet. I bet it can download apps. I also bet your cell phone is going to be obsolete and outmoded in 12 months, just like mine. Celebrity gossip. If you are speaking to someone remotely intelligent, please avoid this subject. Popular sports. Unless your audience is uh, hardcore sports aficionados, don't spend too much time on this topic. Virtually uh, almost any American male is an expert or thinks he is on the game of football. So spending 20 minutes repeating facts you heard on SportsCenter only makes you sound so very average. Politics. Poor people need healthcare too. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Unless you have a particularly intelligent or unique point of view, which you can back up with historical facts, please keep it to yourself. And finally, popular TV shows. It basically just communicates that you live vicariously through the fictional lives of uh, on-screen characters every evening. Not very interesting. I'll give you some better conversation topics. Being an interesting conversationalist is not quite as simple as making a list of topics, even though I'll do it anyways here. It really revolves around holding the interest of your audience while at the same time providing value by making fluent conversation on a topic that is relevant to your audience or your environment. Please remember, though, that small minds talk about people, moderate minds talk about events, and great minds talk about ideas. That was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt saying that I always liked. So if your conversation is stuck in small talk, practice topic depth escalation to speaking about something more significant. For more on this, check out my other blog, which was 14 Methods and Mindset Tricks to Make You a More Interesting Conversationalist. And here are some conversation topics that I've found increase your interest quotient, to use that phrase. History, the events, personalities, and ideologies that have resulted in our present culture. Transhumanism. Transhumanism is the technological, societal, ideological move to 
mental and physical human immortality. Capitalism. I always enjoy debating how capitalism is the least evil way for the world to work. Entrepreneurship. The people who risk everything to change the world and make money doing it will always be interesting. Marketing. Marketing is a huge part of all our lives, yet few people understand how it works. Psychology. An introspective look at our own lives and how we respond to things emotionally, our biases. These things are always interesting. Conspiracy theories. One of my favorite. People have and will always be fascinated by conspiracy theories or alternative histories. Stories. From cradle to grave, we all love a great story. I suggest having 10 to 15 interesting stories. They don't necessarily have to be yours that you can share. And finally, sex. Something people are always interested in talking about and there's always some weird uh, sex thing. There's, you know, catch up on the the sex birds podcasts that are out there and they'll give you lots of conversation fodder. Next tip, have a signature something. Your signature something is basically anything you say or do consistently that makes you unique. And perhaps this one is actually the main takeaway that I'd suggest from this podcast. Have a signature something. Again, is basically something you say or do consistently that makes you unique. The memorable protagonists in movies always have a signature something, like Indiana Jones and his hat, or James Bond and his shaken martinis. If you don't mind a bit of blatant self-promotion, here are several signature somethings of mine. Feel free to steal them. My signature cocktail toast. If you follow me on social media or drink with me, you've probably heard this one. Here's to living famously, drinking dangerously, lying audaciously, and to the friends who forgive us for doing so. And that's my signature cocktail toast. It's pretty good. I came up with it all by myself. My signature excuse is it happens to the worst of us. And this is a play on words for the phrase, it happens to the best of us. For example, my friend might be saying, I met this really gorgeous girl and I was having a great conversation with her. Then I forgot her name. And I'd say, oh, well, it happens to the worst of us. My signature clothing style. Things in white that men don't usually wear in white. I've owned a white suit jacket. Well, actually several now as I always seem to spill drinks on them, a white leather belt, a, a watch that is white, uh, or I actually had two watches that were white. One had this really sharp white leather band that was a conspicuous item. And I have often owned white leather dress shoes, which people always, at a party, you'll inevitably have a woman come up to you and say, 
white dress, white leather dress shoes. That's, that's bold, dude. My signature introduction. When meeting women, at least in the past, before I was married, I would shake hands, then I would double cup my other palm over hers, so this would be my left hand, then I'd lift her other hand while uh, my shaking hand, and then I would kiss the back of her hand while staring in her eyes. Kind of a, a suave cinematic, maybe a kind of like a, a Latino, European kind of move. And uh, moving forward, my signature drinks. I would drink some kind of special things. I drink Patron Red Bull, yes, Manhattan whiskey martinis, or 1554 Belgian ale. 1554 was this fantastic, amazing beer that was brewed in Boulder, Colorado, and I can't seem to find it very many places in the world, so I've had to let that one go. But Patron Red Bull, you can get that almost anywhere, and then any decent bar will make you a Manhattan, and you'll drink that, and you'll feel like a real man. I do let people know what I'm drinking because everyone has tastes when it comes to what they like to drink, and it makes for great conversation. My signature dance move. I use a dance move called a double crossover, and here's how to pull it off. While holding each other's hands, I lift her hand up behind my head so her hand sits on my right shoulder. She does the same. Then we release our hands while behind our heads and slide our opposite hands to each other. If the girl is a little clumsy the first time I tease her for not being sober enough to pull off my move, then we try it again and she usually nails it. And this is a fun little move that takes just a few seconds to learn and it looks great. Uh, you can do it to do it dancing to jazz, salsa, hip hop, or even rock. And if that description is hard to understand, I suggest just going on YouTube and looking up the double crossover swing dancing move, and they'll show you how to do it. My signature movie line. I steal this from Russell Crowe in Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not what you came here to see? I usually say this after something funny or entertaining has happened. This goes over particularly well if I'm dealing with a artsy entertainer or performer types. And my signature vice that I indulge very infrequently nowadays is a Dominican cigar. The kind I like costs about $7 and will last all night. Make sure to bring a little Ziploc baggie so you can put the cigar in your pocket while you step inside, because typically if you're out uh, smoking, you're not going to want to smoke an entire cigar in one, uh, in one sitting. Cigarettes uh, look bad, smell bad, taste horrific, are terrible for you, and end up being a pricey habit. If you are going to smoke socially, go with a cigar. Unless you are a pretty hardcore nicotine addict, a tasty cigar will give you that buzz as well as satisfy that uh, 
Freudian desire to suck on an object while socializing, if that's even a thing. One item I don't have is a signature dish or recipe because I am a force of destruction in the kitchen. But if you are a decent cook, figure out a signature dish or meal that you can perfect and make your own. Next tip for being interesting is to be a rebel. Well, sort of. Humorously position yourself as a rebel against some form of authority. A few examples. I had to go to traffic court today to stand trial for my crimes against humanity. Or I had to battle against the tyrannical customer service policies of my cable company. Or to the parking ticket Nazis, I am Winston Churchill and will have my V-Day. Next tip. Have a scripted sequence you use with a wingman or wingwoman. Nobody is interested in the guy singing his own praises, but watch how entranced they become when someone else talks about you. I had a friend uh, with who I would go to social events, and after introducing ourselves, he would always mention just briefly, just dangle it out there, that I was an interesting entrepreneur. This, of course, opened up the opportunity for me to chat about myself without seeming self-absorbed. Make sure you return the favor. Next, watch old movies. Actors in old movies had some great mannerisms and sayings that have been lost in the modern age. I particularly like old James Bond movies. The way the young Sean Connery moves and talks is just electric. Watch an old movie and pick out a line or little move to use. Next, use interesting phrases. Have a portfolio of clever or interesting phrases and words to use. Here are a few I like. Again, feel free to steal them. Capricious antics. This is a line I heard from the diary of a 1920s Antarctic explorer and capricious antics. That means acting crazy just for fun. So that's appropriate in a lot of situations. Least evil. This means when something is not great but better than an alternative. For example, smoking cigars is the least evil way for me to die of lung cancer when I'm 85, but I'm going to be a biohacker, so that's not going to happen. Next, boldly go. I'm a big sci-fi geek, so I like to use Captain Kirk's great lines from time to time. For example, let's boldly go to the next bar. Persnickety. I use that phrase at the onset of this podcast, and it means placing too much emphasis on trivial or minor details, like being fussy. Perpetual. This means ongoing or continual. For example, your friend Chris is perpetually sober. What a crime. And 
information equity. This is a marketing information theory buzz phrase. Start using it. And you can find huge lists of more on the internet. Also get a word of the day email or calendar to educate yourself a little daily. Next tip for being interesting is to dress distinctively well. The matter of the fact is that we make a lot of judgments by the way someone dresses. People who dress very well will always seem significantly more important than those who throw on a t-shirt, jeans, and tennis shoes. Even if you are short, ugly, a poor communicator, and broke, being immaculately dressed will improve people's impressions of you by two to three hundred percent. If you want to take this to the next level, don't just dress sharp. Add something distinctive and maybe even a little daring, like cufflinks, a suit vest, a huge watch, or a fedora. Dressing better will absolutely improve your own level of confidence as well. Bill Zanker, the founder of the international organization, The Learning Annex, which does 100 million plus in sales, in a book he co-authored with the most evil man in the universe, Donald Trump, talks about how when his students hit certain goals, he requires that they go out and buy $5,000 suits and then wear the suits in business settings just because their level of confidence while wearing a $5,000 suit allows them to take their business to the next level. And they must have already uh, attained quite a bit of success if they're dropping $5,000 on, on suits. That seems a bit uh, excessive. And please don't think that I'm suggesting you should max out your credit cards and raid your savings and cryptocurrency accounts to buy a $5,000 suit. There are a lot more affordable ways to dress sharp. I highly recommend uh, Express for Men, where you can buy a great looking suit for about $300. I'm going to run the risk of sounding like ad copy and Esquire here, but fine clothes are a good investment and I've gotten my best ROI from Express for Men. Obviously, clothing doesn't appreciate monetarily, but people really do make assumptions about you from the way you dress, and you might as well use that to your advantage. If even $300 is too steep for you, I might suggest that you hit the fashion boutiques online at uh, eBay, Amazon, or AliExpress. And at this stuff, you can get you can get shockingly cheap clothing that actually looks pretty good, or at least it will for probably about six months. And it will have an effect on your confidence and the way people perceive you. You know, clothing is kind of like a fine wine. They've done a bunch of studies where they demonstrated that people can't really tell the difference between a cheap wine packaged well and really expensive wine in similar packaging. And clothing is kind of similar. Next, 
Go tanning. Yeah, this one is pretty shallow. Tan people will always look just a little better, which will improve your confidence. You can spend your relaxing time in the tanning booth educating yourself, listening to a podcast or an audiobook about a subject. People assume if you're tan that you either have some interesting ancestry or that you spend time outside as opposed to being in front of a computer or television uh, screen all the time or trapped in a cubicle. Just don't let the cute tanning salon girls upsell you to their expensive lotions. And I actually conducted a uh, life hacker trial on this. Back in the day when I used to go to tanning salons, I purchased from them their expensive tanning salon lotion. And then I also had cheapo tanning salon lotion and probably neither of those tanning salon lotions are very good for you, but I didn't know that at the time. So I put the expensive stuff on one of my legs and then I put the cheap stuff on my other leg to see if I actually got a better suntan from the expensive stuff. And I didn't. Shocking, right? Okay, next point. Have a distinctive business card. Don't you get bored of white business cards with black text and small blue logos? If you want to make a unique first impression, get a professional graphic designer to make you a cool business card or splurge a little on some cool plastic or transparent business cards. If you've never seen these, go and Google them. There are print companies that will make these cool plastic or semi-translucent business cards, and they make a real impression. I'll never forget the nightclub owner I used to know who gave me a tin metal business card with the logo stamped out. I think he told me that those things those things cost three dollars a piece, which is unaffordable for most professions. But I kept that card in my wallet for years, and I showed it to everyone. So it was possibly a good investment for that nightclub promoter. He was an interesting guy in a lot of ways, and his uh, his business cards were just the cherry on top. Next point, drive an interesting car. If you're like most people, uh, your life requires a car. Well, my life doesn't require a car now, which is very nice. But if you can afford it, why not drive an interesting car? People with interesting cars are not only instantaneously more interesting to the general public, but you establish immediate rapport and friendship with anyone else who has unique automotive tastes. My personal recommendation is older luxury cars. Once upon a time, I bought a gorgeous used Lexus Coupe for about $7,000. It was incredibly stylish, it was fast, and had all the luxury features I could want. Did I mention that it was also very fuel efficient and the maintenance costs were next to nothing on it? 
next time you're at a dealership looking at a, I don't know, a newer Camry Focus or Ford Explorer, consider what you can buy for about the same amount of money that has a lot more personality and style. Again, like older Japanese luxury cars, they, they've got some style to them. They've got all the nice features. They have really nice rides to them. They don't cost that much money and your maintenance costs are going to be quite low. So think about that. Next, collect something. Interesting people own interesting things. If you can't afford a Siberian tiger yet, don't worry. You can start small, like collecting some rare coins, stamps, or art, or buy a fish tank and put some cool fish in it. That'll make you stand out. Okay, next point. Enthusiastic loyalty to the absent. I have a lot of interesting, talented, funny, smart, idiosyncratic friends, and I make sure to talk about them to each other. Each time I talk about myself, I try to make it a point to talk about someone else. My comments are always positive and focus on the remarkable qualities of my absent friends. If you're talking about people that aren't there and you're talking badly of them, that really doesn't make you look good. Next, let's mention confidence stride. Having a confident stride helps. As you walk, inhale deeply so your chest rises ever so slightly. Move your shoulders back. Always slow down your walk some and then feel your center of gravity and visualize yourself gliding. Next tip. Room entry. And this is a life hack that I picked up from the uh, Jordan Harbinger show. And it's actually, it's actually a pretty good life hack. When you walk into a room, stand in or near the doorway for a moment and survey the scene. Most people, when entering a room, will march directly over to the bar table or whatever. And when you stand there for just a moment and survey the scene, this makes you stand out and commands attention. And this is also a good opportunity to correct your posture. And for this, you want to visualize that you have like a string that is dangling from the top of your head all the way down to your feet. And so you want to imagine that your body is going to be straight with, you want to straighten your body up so it's straight with where this string would be dangling. Try that and you'll notice people paying just a little bit more attention to you. Next tip, ask others to be interesting. After the initial greetings, Begin a conversation with or interject into a conversation, something like, so tell me something interesting about you. And most people will love the opportunity to tell you. Uh, hopefully they have something interesting about them. And if they don't, you can say, come on, man, lie to me a little bit. Come up, come up with something. I bet you got something. Next, compliment 
others. Display charisma by showing off your kindness and praising others publicly. Make eye contact and speak with confidence while you're doing so. There's nothing like a person that makes others feel good while appearing humble. And that is, of course, my modus operandi in life. Appearing humble. Next, talk to strangers. You may think that chatting with the uh, grocery store checker or the bank teller is a waste of time, but do it anyway. Interesting people are friendly people. Next hack, move your mouse to the other side of the computer. That's right. If you're right-handed, move the mouse to the left side of the computer or vice versa. Keep it there for an hour a day or however long you can stand it. It will feel really awkward at first, but in a short while, you will develop coordination in your left hand, in your non-dominant hand. And this actually will strengthen the bridge between your right brain and left brain, allowing your creative nature to uh, interact more freely with your analytical nature. Next, make people laugh. This one should be self-explanatory. Interesting people have a witty, intelligent sense of humor. They have a collection of funny one-liners and can pick out the humorous irony in situations. Next, master the metaphor. From the cradle to grave, we all love metaphors that help us familiarize and understand some sort of abstraction. I would say that the ability to come up with great metaphors on the spot comes from a deep, wide understanding of topics. So there's some value in being a bit of a dilettante, in being somebody who's into a bunch of different things, and you have uh, all the more capacity to draw illusions between things that are, that are totally different. Next, be contrary. Pick a topic that the general public has a general uh, common opinion on and adopt the opposite stance. And here's a few examples. You could be the person that doesn't believe global warming is happening, or you could be the person who thinks that technology is going to lead society down a bad path. Or you can be the person who preaches that making money is actually the way to happiness. And of course, you want to have some common sense with this, though. You don't want to be the asshole at a cocktail party arguing that women shouldn't have the right to vote. That's probably not going to make you any friends. Next tip, be interested. Focus outward and leave a little mystery, unless prompted. Interesting people are interested. Try to rediscover a childlike curiosity about the world. Practice genuine interest in the lives and passions of the people you interact with. Whenever you make a new friend or acquaintance, resolve to discover something remarkable about them. Next tip, make interesting friends.
did you know your income is almost always the average of the five people you spend the most time with? Your interest quotient is the same way. Make more interesting friends and spend time with them. You may even want to stroke their ego just a little bit by asking them to mentor you. To find these people, ask your current circle of friends who is the most interesting, interesting or outstanding person they know, or go on Facebook and join groups related to the topics that stimulate you. Next tip, take up a hobby. And this is because you will never be that interesting if all you do is work and then have some mundane uh, pastime that you, that you relax doing. So develop some hobbies like dancing. So think swing, salsa, breakdancing, etc. Maybe practice a martial art learn magic tricks, go rock climbing, learn to sail. It's actually not that hard to do. You just have to find someone with a, a boat that doesn't mind you flipping flipping their boat accidentally once or twice. That's involved. You, uh, you're, you're trying to cut your way through the wind and you don't quite catch it right. And then the boat will flip over and you get thrown into the water and then you got to pull the boat back right side up. It's, it's a bit of an adventure, but it's certainly worth it. Learn, you can learn to do public speaking, or you could do something like brewing your own beer. This is a, a hobby that I've always, I've always thought about getting into. Maybe one day, maybe in my, my older years when I've got the time on my hands to uh, devote to something monastic like that. Next tip is to pursue personal development. Sure, you may have some highly developed skill sets or have accomplished some impressive things in your life. That doesn't mean that you are above needing to constantly be taking those introspective looks at yourself to find areas of improvement. And the final tip is to get motivated daily. Remember what Zig Ziglar said. He said, People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend doing it daily. That's a good thing to remember, right? You need to figure out what it is that motivates you and give yourself a dose of that on a regular basis. Whew. So that was 27 tips for becoming a more interesting person. And I am going to direct your attention to something else on the topic, because frankly, this podcast just scratches the surface. There's a book that goes deeper on this, and it's called The 2AM Principle. It's by an author who sounds like a, a fascinating guy named John Levy. And I did a deep dive book review of that. And I am actually wearing a really cool jacket in the book review video vlog that I did on it. Just, uh, you know, just manifesting the tips that I was giving here earlier in this podcast. So do go and check out that book review, if not reading that book itself. 
I've got it linked at the bottom of the article, which is going to be linked wherever you're listening to this podcast. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Looking forward to a continued conversation with you.